Hello and welcome back to Double One Radio Weekly. This is episode number fifteen. I tried to go for like the Keemstar cadence. Yeah. In that intro, I really hated myself as soon as I. Not even as a joke. Not no, even. I, I really no. hated myself as soon as I did it. Um, no, that it could have been a joke. <laughs> yeah, it was no. a not a great joke. So today we got a no, we got a round table. We got we're trying out five people to see how it goes. So we've got myself. I'm your host Ryan, joined by my round table of co-hosts guests moderators whatever podcasting term you want to use we got wyatt me uh, me that uh-huh uh-huh great alex hi uh ben hey i'm here again and tess hey i don't even think you introduced me last time well that one was that's a weird one that's a games club episode which is, all bets are off on games club yeah. okay. <laughs> games club isn't a isn't a real thing like it's it's a fake <laughs> podcast i'm, I'm ben's mother yeah. That's not true. <laughs> That's just established. Right I have now. so many questions. Uh, That's how I'm going to introduce myself to every single one of Ben's friends. Uh-huh, not just anybody yep. ever. Great. Well, you see, the thing is, I knew you before. Regardless. So well, hey, we're fine. What's the show about? Today? Yeah, we have a lot to talk about, okay? And by a lot to talk about, we mean people really just can't keep it in their pants. So. <laughs> I hate when that happens. To put it very lightly. It just uh, it just comes out sometimes. That's not quite what happened. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh no. I've opened the floodgates. All right. So we're going to start the podcast without the game because we're going to talk about some some fairly heavy stuff. And we want to get so that no out of the fun. way before the normal podcast sections and then we'll we'll do like a mid-break for the game. To, to reset our minds and like calm down a bit after what's probably about to be a little bit heated. So, basically, the cliff notes of what we're about to talk about is the Smash YouTuber slash streamer Zero did some sketchy stuff. Uh, and by sketchy stuff, we mean pretty much sexual pred- predator type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, kinda, it's a little sketchy. Uh, slightly lighter, Ubisoft is cleaning house and... Uh, actually showing their commitment to the statements they've made over the past month or so about diversity and encouraging a safe workplace by essentially ousting some problematic employees, including one who nobody ever thought would be able to leave because he's in such a powerful position. Uh, Not anymore. And then we also have, we're going to briefly talk about a few other things that came up, the cliff notes of stuff that happening with a bunch of other streamers. Uh, we got some stuff with Cryotic, with Angry Joe, with the OPG group. Basically, it's been a chaotic month, and a lot of this stuff's kind of come to light in that past month. So we're gonna we're gonna do the big one first and get out of the way, which is Zero. So for anyone who is not in the loop, Zero is a Smash YouTuber. So if you if you're not big in like Smash fighting game stuff, you probably don't know who he is. But he's he used to run the tournament circuit. He's pretty well known. Um, he's very public with his Smash stuff. And very recently, a bunch of allegations came out against him, which he responded to essentially saying that they were true and kind of trying to minimize the impact it had in his life. And then a bunch more came out showing that he did a lot more than he admitted to, and a lot of it was real bad. Uh, <laughs> that's the gist of it. Yeah. Oh my god, I accidentally... I moved the thing. I gotta fix it. There we go. You moved the thing. What the heck? I, I moved the, the background on the, the Twitch recording, so I, we had like a black screen for a second. We're good. Don't worry about it. All so, right. 
basically the outline of this is that we're talking about all the, the the weird sexism and sexual predator stuff going on in the games industry right now, especially in competitive gaming communities. We're we're using zero as kind of the mouthpiece for this because zero is the case that has a lot of proof, and there's a there's a massive document that I'm going to be linking in the description for this podcast that you can go to if you really want to, which is 58 pages of essentially as evidence it's brought a lot of pages. together. Yeah, it's a lot. Want to read it? <laughs> brought together well, a lot of it's screenshots nice most of it is screenshots story. of text yeah wait i thought you said screenshots of tests I was like, yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of screenshots of tests going around Tess, you were involved in all of this <laughs> i don't know yeah. if you heard my like wait but i didn't even finish it i was like yeah so no <laughs> no it's it's of text messages it, it's kind of hard when my name sounds like yeah. yeah yes text messages uh skype logs all sorts of stuff tests you know yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys determine how how into depth we go on these, because I mean it's a conversation that to be fair, we aren't the most informed people to make this or the the people that really need uh, to have a platform based on this, but at the same time I think we have a responsibility to bring this stuff up when it comes up, or else we're not doing our job correctly. Even though this isn't a job, it's just a podcast we run. Uh, but it would feel but disingenuous if we didn't stands. address this. Yeah, that's that's the gist of it. So, anyone have anything specific they want to talk about with this stuff? I didn't really like read too much into it. I just saw the part where he like forced her to like watch porn. Yeah, and I was like, uh, I think I'm gonna stop reading for now. Yeah. So, uh, what I'm actually probably gonna link in the description instead of linking directly to the document is a a Reddit post on the Smash subreddit that is a TLDR of everything that happened because reading the actual document gets a little difficult. It describes a lot of bad, bad stuff <laughs> that See, I think most people would not like to read about. Um, yeah. And the Smash community has been kind of up in arms over all this. I've had my fair share of men in Smash communities. <laughs> and it didn't turn out very good. It was kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what? I'm not surprised. <laughs> that's a great way that's it, it's a, don't, don't an interesting way to put it like, we got unique perspectives on this podcast yeah yeah, yeah I mean um, that, that's the gist of it like a lot of this, this stuff is real legal speak stuff which we're not going to go into because again we're not the people we're to do lawyers. that uh, but the reason a lot of this became public was because the victim's tried the legal system and it failed spectacularly so, yeah. and did nothing which happens well, a lot uh, uh, all over the world it it does yep. because it, I, I don't remember even who it was for at this point but there was somebody who you know was making the point like oh why not go through legitimate uh you know methods to to bring these guys to justice and then they're just like well we try that and well, it just don't I work i mean if the people that are being accused have a lot of money yeah then it's absolutely yeah. going to be under the rug as much as possible. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if you're a famous YouTuber, you're going to have a decent amount of money. So, yeah. And a lot of this is also Zero is a famous YouTuber, and he also has a, a young audience. His, his demographic is pretty young. So, mm -hmm. that's just all easily yeah. manipulatable. A lot of the worry is that if people don't bring this out about him, his younger audience can, because young people are very easily. Uh, I don't want to especially, say manipulated, but they're, they're impressionable. Well, when you look up to someone, 
like that and then they do something bad you're gonna if you're that young you're gonna assume that it's okay and yeah especially if they apologize the like first, yeah and then they're like i'm sorry this isn't me this isn't who i am and then you're just like oh my god they apologize they're such a good person but it's just because you're young and you're naive so you just don't yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah, yeah. um and yeah, that, that's the gist of it. There's some more stuff coming out now about uh, poss some possible involvement from Sky Williams, who is another pretty well-known YouTuber. He's done videos with Donkey in the past, where he was the, the owner of that house, the Smash house, as it's been called for this, that a lot of this stuff happened in. And there's suspicions that he knew about it. We don't know if this is... By this point, we know some of it is true. So we do know Sky had some knowledge of what was going on, but n not to what degree or if he tried to stop things. But it doesn't look great on his end right now. So I'm going to leave it at a, that. You know, Run-of-the-mill sexual assault scandal. We love them. Yeah. And they, they always they just keep coming up. Just let, so you know, fun. maybe consider when you're a young person that moving to a large 24-person house with a bunch of streamers who are not mostly underage... Idea. Probably not a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> but they wanted to throw down. And you know what? They did. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's a murky situation. That, that's the gist of it. I think yeah. we don't really need to keep going into de detail because you can find a lot more in-depth opinions about this and see all the uh, the whole situation with what I've linked in the description. So go there if you want more, want more information. Next up, we have the Ubisoft stuff, which is essentially they ousted three employees. Let me pull up their names. We got uh, Sergey Haskoet. Haskoet. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's got it's got the the E with the two dots. Yeah. You know? So like it's a umlaut, but an E. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't know how to even pronounce a umlaut. Who was a so but. this is the person that people really thought Ubisoft wouldn't do anything about because he is the or was the chief creative officer. And important to note here, these are all worded as the people resigning or choosing to step down. In corporate speak, that generally means they, they, were, were, asked were, they were asked to leave and fired. had the option of being fired or gracefully exiting. Generally, they will choose to, to exit because it looks a lot better <laughs> as, as if you're taking some responsibility. So he has stepped and then down. They're getting another job somewhere and doing the same thing. Yeah, hopefully not, because I think this is, right now the games industry is kind of blacklisting people that do this. So hopefully they learn from their mistakes and don't try any of the stuff they've tried in the past again. We, I mean, we can't be too <laughs> lax about that, but hopefully. Again, that's probably naive, but <laughs> uh, at least they're not involved with Ubisoft anymore, which is good because Ubisoft has a lot of power in the games industry. And for the temporary time, uh, the role is being taken by Yves Gilmont? Gilmont? I think it's Gimo. Gimo? That makes a lot more sense. French name. Uh, he was the CEO of Ubisoft uh, during the interim. And uh, if people don't know what the, the chief creative officer did, essentially he had final say on what got made and what didn't. So essentially the, this guy had enough power to be like, I don't like this project, uh, it's not going through, or I really want to push this project and push it through. Um, which is, is scary when it's in the hands of someone who's got a bunch of abuse allegations against them. 
again, this is one of the situations where we don't know how much of this is true, but there's a lot of people coming out with this stuff, and there are logs of him on, like, I think there's Tinder logs of what he said on Tinder, which is a, a little extra, but... <laughs> I believe those are some of the screenshots, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we don't really have a lot more information about that. Most of this is being kept under closed doors, which is understandable considering it's a large corporation. Usually these yeah. things are handled internally. Um, yeah. Which, which, if they're handled correctly, then that's great. Yeah, it's just yeah. the worry was that they wouldn't be. Uh, but this oh, is definitely yeah. a step in the right direction. Usually when they don't get handled properly, then they'll come public or something. Somebody yeah. will eventually. Yeah. One would hope. Which is basically what hope. happened. <laughs> yeah. Although, at least now the company is responding. So, we also have uh, Yanis Milat, who was the director of Ubisoft's Canadian Studios, stepping down and leaving the company. Uh, apparently, there were recent allegations, like, this is directly from the article, there were recent allegations that came to light in Canada against multiple employees that made it impossible for him to continue in this position. I think he's kind of the one we have the least information about. I don't think there's any real information about what actually happened at least not in this article, so we'll kind of glaze over that, but he is leaving the company. And then we have, uh, they're replacing, so this one's worded a bit differently. They are appointing, instead of saying that uh, Cecile Cornet, who was the former head of HR, is stepping down, they're saying they're appointing a new head of HR. Uh, and apparently they're saying that she believes it's the best interest of the company's unity for her to step down, and a suitable re replacement search is beginning immediately. Uh, by an industry recruiting firm. So that is still up in the air. We also don't know if she's leaving the company or not. We just know she's stepping down from that role. And also, again, we don't know any other information about her, really. It's more, she's not really a public figure in terms of what's going on with Ubisoft. Yeah, that's that's most of it. Is anyone surprised by the, the, the stance they're taking on this? No. Or at least the, the, end, the immediate action? Um, no, I think they'd have to, to maintain a positive image. I don't know. Yeah. But I guess, I don't know, it's corporations and they tend to uh, be not so great people. So, yeah, the big question think... mark here was always uh, about Sergey. As most yeah. people kind of assumed that he was in a position that he really couldn't be fired or uh, asked to resign but yeah. it's happened so clearly that was not the case whenever i think if you do anything severe enough you can be asked to leave i don't we don't know what america's political situation would disagree with you <laughs> yeah yeah that's true but he's also not he's also not a political figure he's a, a that's true he's a game manager like he's not even one of the exec well, he is an executive but he's not like one of the high up executives you know I mean, he is. is. He's the chief like... creative officer. That that's like yeah, one but of he's, the highest positions. He's still part of the game dev process. Like he's not completely. Yeah, removed. he's not. He's not just a manager or producer. Right. He's not yeah. just like one of the uh, contributors or whatever. Sure. You don't give. Him, he doesn't give them a lot of money. Is what I'm trying and, to say. Yeah, and and whatever kind of like um, announcement or or you know press release or whatever that they make about this, it's important to kind of separate PR speak from what they're actually doing and what they're actually saying because a lot of the times those tend to be very contradictory or oh, yeah. yeah so it's really it's really important whenever we see anything from them about this that you know we, we try and 
parse out the the important information in terms of yeah. like what they're actually going to be. You can probably fill a whole different dictionary with them. Absolutely. Out. The, the jargon that's used there. This entire article is legal speak, essentially. It's not, this is not an article that's meant for uh, consumers or anything like that. It's a, it's a, essentially a shareholder document. But it was released publicly, so people do know about all this. And then the, the final group of things we had to talk about are some allegations that were raised against a number of YouTubers and streamers. We're not going to go into detail about these situations because there's so many and, uh, there's a lot of difficulty in knowing what here is real and what here is people taking the opportunity of so many people coming out with information to put in false information. So we're not going to cover these in de detail, but essentially stuff came out against Angry Joe. I think most of that has been proven false at this point. Mm -hmm. Wyatt can correct me if I'm wrong, so he knows a bit more about uh, the situation. Uh, yeah, but basically, um, I forgot, because I don't know the exact specifics either but it was someone who had um it was something on social media i'm pretty sure it was twitter was just accusing you know this and that um and then shortly afterwards joe gave his rebuttal and then a lot of the the stories that were being told that were or a lot of the accusations against him the you know they weren't making sense or they weren't lining up and then the person who made those accusations basically just left social media entirely so yeah, so another kind situation of, we don't really know much about. Yeah, kind of mysterious, but also kind of suspicious from... Yeah, both I mean, that's probably something that's going to go away pretty quickly. I, I think, like, even then, not a lot of people are talking about this anymore. It's more just a thing that happened that was worth bringing up. Yeah. Uh, I, I similar situation... It, oh, go ahead. I do find it interesting, because I've, I've... I'm someone who's followed Joe for a long time, and I, I do find it interesting how he hasn't made any, like, comment, you know, larger statement. He made something on... on yeah, on Twitter, but I was, I guess I was kind of expecting him to make something like a video in response or something. I guess it's kind of smart that he did. Yeah, I, I think to me yeah. it never really reached his YouTube followers very much. Like, I don't think this ever picked up as much steam as any of the other situations. Yeah, I was, kind of, going I was on. gonna say, if it became a bigger deal, he probably would have ended up. Going it did seem to kind of just resolve itself in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah, which, <laughs> at least for him. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, so long as everything is like properly it's above long... table. Right, as right. long as it was actually, you know, true that he didn't do anything. Right. But it would seem yeah, we don't have any information to judge this, so right. we're not going and to. I will say, it doesn't seem like somebody would drop it that quickly if there was actually something that happened. Like yeah, everything here is speculation, yeah. essentially. Right, exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, similar situation happened to a, a YouTuber called Chilled Chaos, where someone came out with allegations against him, and then immediately he responded with, like, a list of essentially stuff proving that he was not involved in these situations. So there are people taking advantage of the situation. Then again, there are yeah. situations like the, I don't know if you guys have heard about what Cry Cryotic did. Uh, no. Uh, essentially, he has some allegations that he responded to and admitted to that are pretty sketchy. Um, they're not quite as like legally severe as Zero stuff, whereas Zero stuff is, is I think, pretty legally <laughs> problematic a lot of cryotic stuff is is harder to uh really bag him back him. him yeah it's a good it's a good way to put it but he admitted to it all um this video is up with that and he's kind of had a little bit of a self implosion so yeah cryotic is well, in a in a sketchy situation right now um uh, definitely did some sketchy stuff again we don't really have a lot of details because none of the people involved are giving full details 
but yeah, he did. It's kind of why it. some of this stuff can be so difficult because a lot of people don't want to give full details. Yeah, usually, you know? it, I think if people are are smart about this, it's better to gracefully make your exit and um, kind of deal with it in the ways it should be dealt with under like a legal system. But again, we have like zero situation showing that that completely failed. So sometimes there's not another choice. Right. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff with other streamers that happened. Most of those are true. It's a, it's a lot of allegations against a, ver a variety of streamers, which is generally just people being bad people in the public eye. Most of them aren't nearly as serious as the stuff that Zero did, but it, it, there are a lot of situations like that going on right now. And then the one I find the most interesting is, uh, I don't know if any of you have heard of the OPG group. OPG? No, no yeah. I haven't. So OPG no. is essentially, it's called the, the like operating performers group, or online performers group. Which is a essentially think like machinima in the old YouTube days where they would compile videos and like pay out to creators. Oh. So they're like a partner that essentially handled a lot of advertising and getting sponsors for shows and whatnot. Uh, a bunch of stuff came out against one of their chief officers that was proven true very quickly. And then in startling fashion, pretty much every single streamer that was signed with OPG just quit. Like immediately exited. Um, one of them I watch a lot, Co Carnage. Immediately, he he sent out a Twitter statement that was like, "I I cannot be under a company that condones this kind of behavior." And then left. And then there's an entire just storm of other OPG people doing that. And a lot of them are pretty well known. Like I think Dodger was under OPG. Uh, there's a lot a lot of streamers from a variety of different places were. And the, the weird thing with this situation is it never really picked up as much steam as the other stuff. This one was handled mostly under closed doors. So well, I, I think a lot like of people don't know about it. They um, got what they had coming. You know, like, it was resolved in favor of the person who was... It was I multiple mean, like people it, who were victims. He got his comeuppance, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it was... Uh, there were multiple victims and multiple right. people involved. So, so it was a, a pretty big situation. But now the, the company and him is our probably dealing with the uh consequences of that at least on some level yeah i'm sure there would some people would probably prefer uh legal action be taken but it's just the weird thing for a lot of this is that opg has not officially responded to any of this and they have continued to sign new clients which is a little oh. odd oh uh but then again we don't this is a group that is mostly under closed doors this is very corporate it's not really like a a public group so we don't know much about everything going on but it's curious that this happened and there was such uh such an immediate response from pretty much all the streamers signed to them that essentially instantly quit so it's interesting and uh they did take a financial hit for this a lot of them relied on opg for a significant sum of their finances because of the advertising and sponsorship deals which they they miss out on obviously if they quit so it's an interesting situation of streamers like taking a legit hit to their finances to stand up for something, which I think is a, a pretty good thing to do if you have the capability to do it. Yeah, that, it, that's... It's one of the stronger messages that can be sent. Yeah, it's, it's a strong message, especially because I think no one in the streamer group was like propagating misinformation. They were all just like, yeah, we, we can't stand for what happened and we're quitting. So... It, I think it was handled a lot better than some of the other situations going on and resolved fairly quickly, but 
uh, there's, it's clear there's a lot of question marks for the streamers involved afterwards. Yeah. All right. So yeah. with that, unless anyone has closing comments, I think we can pretty blanket say, you know, don't abuse people. Just don't do it. Be be a good person. Keep it in your pants. Be you a know. human being. Yeah. And we all got to share this place. Try and, you know, be a decent person. All right. Great. That's it. Uh, that's <laughs> that's the negative talk, which means we have a game to play. All right. Time for some... We have a game to play, and this is the COVID conference candid camera oh. competition. Jesus, how how long do you spend on these names a week? I'm just uh, about to ask the think? same question. <laughs> yeah. I like, came up with this game about game. five no, minutes no, no, no. before we started That's streaming. The new game. We're all gonna guess how long it takes Ryan to come up with these <laughs> stupid titles. Okay, my guess is this. You know how he always is like, man, I don't have enough time to play video games with you guys. No. It's yep. not because he's doing his classes, no. He's sitting down in his room with a nice glass <laughs> of like scotch over the on rocks or something. And he's literally just sitting with in his chair facing the middle bourbon, of the room with continue. his legs crossed. Yeah, whiskey bourbon, <laughs> whatever. Anyway. And he's just stroking it's his all in a right And he's back like, home. oh man, what is this game called? And he sits there for hours. And I'm talking hours a day. Someone someone comes someone comes to visit him and it's just like papers line the wall with like the string yeah, attached. I have sticky everything. notes everywhere with different yeah, variations exactly. of And puns. like there's wires, there's little like twine, you know, on tacks like going between them like, oh, this, this, you know. And there's a little sticky note on his door that says, I'm, I'm in my thinking zone. Don't come in. <laughs> I, that is on my door. <laughs> I know that. I know that. That's why I'm making fun of you. Uh, all right. So... What's the game? That was that was part of the game. Uh, the game is I'm going to give you a situation from the classic TV show Candid Camera, and what I want you to do is assign which uh, COVID era press conference. So this is stuff like the Devolver Conference, the Ubisoft Forward, uh, the Sony presentation. Which COVID era conference would do that thing to its customers? Oh. So there's no wait, points wait. here. This is this is free. It's it's wait, it's wait, an entertaining what? game wait. to relax. Wait. I'm lost. Say that again. You'll you'll get it when we start, Wyatt. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna okay. go ahead and say, here's our first situation. Which conference would be most likely to rig a golf tee to fall over every time you try to hit it? What, what? conference would do that to its customers? <laughs> do we have or is this blanket? What do you mean? Do we do we have multiple choice or is this just this is any any conferences that have happened in the past couple of months? You know, we've we've had a Smash Direct. It'd be it would be Nintendo. It'd be Nintendo because it's it's a goof. Yeah, it's mm. a goof. Nintendo is the goofs. <laughs> Harmless goof, but it's a goof. You know, it's funny. It's it's Sakurai's one more thing. Do we have yeah, consensus exactly. on that? Sure. Yeah. And who else would it be? <laughs> Sony. Sony takes themselves way too seriously these days. There's no way. Well, if we're talking about goofs, I mean, there's there's Devolver, but I wouldn't call Ooh. their... Would Devolver be that lighthearted, though? Yeah. No, they're not. They also they're weren't funny. Cynical. They also weren't funny this year, but that's besides oh. the <laughs> Okay. And I'll, I will say I do have companies in mind when I wrote these down. So Nintendo's a pretty good match for that one. That one is, is just a, a harmless goof, you know? Yeah, yeah. So our next sure. next one, I think you'll have some some good ones for this. Uh, which conference would be most likely to give customers coupons that say pay 20% more instead of 20% less? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, 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 wait, I thought this, these things that actually happened. Oh, these, th these are candid camera episodes. 
It's a TV okay. show where these all actually happen to real people. Right. It, it, it's classic American pranks. Uh, <laughs> so this actually classic happened. American prank. Yeah. It, this this okay. happened. It was a prank. So it wasn't like they didn't have to actually. Right, right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because EA would do that for real. Yeah. That's yeah. why I don't think it was EA. <laughs> for real? Oh. That's why I don't think it was EA. That's what I'm saying. It was like Devolver or something. Uh, who likes to dig at EA a lot? It's got to be like an indie kind of thing. I mean, yeah, that, that makes sense. Mm. So I think Devolver. That's a Devolver meme. Devolver yeah, joke. So. All right. So how about ordering license plates with insulting phrases for their employees or customers? Oh, sh that, see, that sounds like a Devolver thing, too. <laughs> no, no, no. That one's a little bit different. That one's a little bit different. This is stuff like a license plate that says loser or twit. Hmm. Which conference would do this? We've got Sony. We've got EA is still up for grabs. We got Ubisoft, Ubisoft, whatever pronunciation you choose. Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Uh, oh, we, also, we probably had a Warframe <laughs> thing in there somewhere. That counts too. Really? Probably. I don't, I don't think know. Be any of those. <laughs> I would be surprised if we didn't. We got uh, we got Cyberpunk's Night City Wire. I wasn't Cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> Immediate not cyberpunk. You know, I'm so hyped about that game, yet I completely forgot about the wire. I'm excited for cyberpunk. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, I really, I could not tell you. Assassin's Creed. Assassin's <laughs> Creed. So Ubisoft's conference, right? Yeah, yeah, Ubisoft did one today. Uh, the the original Creed. idea for this was probably Devolver because it's like a, it's a joke, but it's slightly insulting. Yeah. To your intelligence. Like it's it's a it's a low bar joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh that might be funny once, but then they kept doing it, right? Like you, you keep handing them license plates that just get progressively more insulting. Oh, so Aww. like their entire conference. Yeah. <laughs> who who was it? What do you mean who was it? What's the answer? There's no answer. This isn't this isn't Give me the answer. There's not a winner. <laughs> God damn it. You choose the answer. It's no, it's Ryan, answer, Ryan, not... this game is a solid Three out of ten. This game yeah. is a... Right. It's not a game. It's an improv... Give me an answer. Event. It's, De <laughs> it's Devolver. That's the answer. It's Devolver. All right, cool. Thank you. Devolver, final answer. Boom. All right, our final, final, our final category is giving someone a ticket for blocking their own driveway. That's EA. EA. 100%. <laughs> yep. That That's is EA. EA. All right. Yep. We've survived the game. You survived COVID conference yeah, candidate camera competition. I got 100%. Got 100%. See, uh, this game was built based off of that name, and then he had to come up with a game around. He did. He 100% did. Well, so this There's was originally. No it was originally. The, there were two variations of this game. Originally, there was a game where it was uh, Olympics, and I was going to ask you which conference would win in Olympic categories. Wow. But that proved to be extremely boring. So. <laughs> See, I told you, he literally sits in his room for hours to come up with this stuff. He like does play testing for these little games. <laughs> Look, you have to keep your sanity like, in check know, somehow. Uh, like, he goes down and talks to his dog and he's like, all right, Gracie. <laughs> oh, which one of these do you prefer? I, I give her two water bowls and then whichever one she drinks from first is the winning game. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. All right. All right. So that leads into our, uh, our, our second topic for the day, which is the COVID conferences, a.k.a. Oh. The, the Devolver Direct, Ubisoft Forward, the Sony thing we we talked about the sony thing a lot already so we're going to kind of glaze over that one 
uh, Night City Wire. What, what what's your opinions on, on these conferences? These direct style videos. Give me games, man. Instead of E3. <laughs> it's kind of it's no, it's kind of like what uh, E3 was when it was fun. I, I feel yeah. I feel like the Night City Wire is probably the it, it fits the best. I feel to, like a lot of people are the others still feel kind of conferency, but just diluted a little bit. Yeah. So, I don't know. so so I here's like go ahead. A lot of people are kind of tired of the uh, the more corporate side of the conferences that has been kind of weaseling its way in, where everybody then the, people just want gameplay a lot of the time. I think just like show me some trailers, show me some gameplay, and, and send me on my way. Yeah. Maybe get up on the stage and say like, "Hey, we're making this cool thing, and it's going to be this much money, but don't add too much fluff." Where you have some dude playing like a a pipe on the a, a flute on the stage <laughs> for, rocking for a out long with the banjo time. for, a, for long like, time. a long time okay but it, <laughs> as much as i say that though some of those performances are really cool at the sony one a yeah the ago, uh, the god of war performance was yeah. extremely standout when they did and that. and you know what i actually want is if they ever have a trailer for um senua's sacrifice or not senua's sacrifice 2 hellblade 2 just get Ooh. that band out on stage and just have them sing the the, yeah, the thing they had. Yeah, I would totally watch. I would. That. I would lose my mind. I so I wanted... so, so what, one thing I've been doing is I went. I actually went to E3 in 2018 or 2017, and so I've been comparing my experience. With I think that it was 18. How things are. If I remember now. correctly. Yeah, it was. It was the year they announced Fallout 76. That was. 18. Ah, that's a good landmark for E3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was. Here's here's the thing is that I wasn't part of the press, so I wasn't able to go to like the the big showcases, like the media briefings and stuff like that. But I, I got to do everything on the show floors, right? And I was shocked. I'm imagining like like budgets of games are getting so huge right now, and I was shocked at just how much money they must have poured into their different like stations, right? So, perfect example, the, the 76, and this is going to get back to, to this in a second, but I was thinking about this earlier. The, the 76 booth was this whole setup where it was like a part of the interior of a vault, and they had a bunch of people dressed up in like vault suits, and they were all talking in character and stuff like that as you walked by, and they would try and like flag you down and come talk to you. It was really weird, but it was really interesting. And I'm, I'm looking at it now, and it's like, you guys, by doing this, you guys have probably saved yourself so much money by not setting up these insane, crazy displays that so many people are just not going to experience. So it almost makes you yeah. wonder why they haven't been doing this earlier. And and to be clear, like, the, the show floor stuff, it was all super cool. Like, I mean, there was a lot of games that they just had this, like, display, and you didn't actually get to play it. Like, I never got to play 76 while I was there. Yeah, because I think a lot of those are meant for press. In reality, yeah, but like, but like, yeah, it's so weird, weird that they would have these like weird fan servicey things for press. It's like that. Well, it's because E3, so E3 only really went public a few like five years ago, I think. Uh, before then, it was literally just a press conference. Like you, you could not get a badge if you were a general consumer. Well, when, and, when it first when it first came out, you could. They they then closed it off. Yeah, for a while. then they closed it off for a long time. It, it was like almost a decade, I think. Wow. And, yeah. It was essentially the press conference, which is why all the money went into the presentations. And I, I don't think the the booths and everything were that impressive. 
in that era, but we don't really know because we don't have a lot of footage of the conferences when that happened. Well, I would assume that means that they weren't very interesting because if they were interesting, the press would probably be like, hey, you know, look at this cool booth, you know? Yeah. So they could get some extra content. And and the the, the booths were weird because they always, like, they were very inconsistent in terms of like, okay, we're going to set up this whole Fallout 76 thing, this big theme. You're not going to be able to actually play anything but we're going to have all these costumes and funny stuff. And then when I went to Xbox, because they have their own building for some reason, they had this massive, like, setup for Battlefield Five, And, like, everyone was in their own squad and in front of a TV, so it was all 40 players, like, sitting next to each other. And I, it was just weird, because I kind of right. wished everything was like that, where you actually got to play something. Yeah. You know? So just go to PAX instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm sure it has more to do with how far along the game is than mm. anything else but yeah um i i don't know i will say i enjoy the the wild booths at events like pax clearly like that's not happening right now in the situation we're in and i don't know realistically if that stuff will start happening again or how quickly it will after all of this ends is we really don't have any estimates for that kind of stuff well, uh here the funny thing too is that e3 was going downhill before like yeah e3's been on a spiral for a few years yeah so it's almost like this was this style where everyone's just doing their own individual streams was going to happen eventually, and then given what's happening right now, it just accelerated that. Yeah, I will say the stuff I miss is is the the whole kind of hype around the events. So E three is like a concentrated week long event of pure hype. Yeah, which doesn't exist this summer. It's it's a lot of okay, you can be excited during this event or something specific will happen, and you kind of just watch that but we don't have that that same depth of like this event is happening and you can get really excited over all sorts of stuff that the company's doing yeah but yeah i, I think that's a bit of a loss uh jeff Keighley's summer of games thing is kind of trying to emulate that a little bit but i don't really think they succeeded in making it feel like an e3 type thing it, it definitely feels like its own thing i think there's a loss obviously to people who would go but for the most part, people who stay at home and watch the streams, I feel yeah, like don't miss I mean, out on much. Yeah. I mean, because the, the, the weird thing was the one year I went, because again, I wasn't able to go to like the big shows. So I was in my hotel room while they were doing that, and I was just watching them live streaming with everyone else, with, with a bunch of friends. And while I was like right next to the show floor, and I was like, this feels... Weird. Yeah, it, just, yeah. it felt weird. I was like, what's the point, right? Like, I mean, there's, there's obviously like the booths, and I got to try out some cool stuff. But like those those big like reveals are what you're there for. Like that's Yeah, that's the E3 energy. Yeah, and the rest of it is just kind of like entertaining fluff. And I will say for the for the purpose of marketing, the situation we're in right now probably works a little better because it, it gives every bit of information more time to shine. Because mm -hmm. you may not have a competing event for a while. Like the Sony conference was the only thing in that week, so it had like a whole week to itself of hype. And then we get stuff like Devolver and Ubisoft later on. Uh, I think we've got another Microsoft thing down the line at some point. End of this month, yeah. 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 Showing off Halo Infinite gameplay. Ooh, I'm excited. So oh. It honestly makes perfect sense that this is where it would go, though, right? Because it's probably yeah. cheaper. Yeah. They get their it's advertising organize, absolutely. At, with less competition. Like, they don't need to go to this event. They're you know, saving they so much for money. Tickets. Yeah, exactly. They're saving like, so much money. Know. Yeah. Although I will definitely say some of the conferences have, have been misses. Maybe not completely, but like Devolver this year was, I, it's humor is subjective, so it definitely depends on who you are. 
But I think for us, the humor was just kind of it hit once, and then they said the same joke four more times. And it was judging wasn't on funny. how we reacted with your previous game, I'd say that uh, yeah. Yeah. It, was, it, it was a huge disappointment because honestly, like highlights of E3, like in terms of like who did the best job, Devolver is always up there. Like they have these incredibly entertaining, self-aware shows. It feels like if Eric Andre did like a like a, an E3 press conference is what they feel like, and they're hilarious. And this year, it just it, it was a flop. Like the, it just. It's, it's like what Ryan said, you know, it's they, they, their jokes went on way, way too long. They would have like uh, an idea for a funny joke and then they just stretched it out for too long and they didn't yeah. really have that much to show off. Even compared to previous shows they've had, they didn't have a lot to show, fortunately. That's definitely very true, uh, especially in the sake of, so I think Devolver did do one thing really interesting. They did the, uh, the game that you can download, the Devolver Land Expo. Mm-hmm. I haven't I, I have it installed. I haven't played it yet. Yeah, uh, I've heard good things about it. I haven't played it yet. I do definitely intend to. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> it's it's a fun yeah. little gimmicky thing. The reality is like people they're not going to be good games. These like weird little expo things because a game takes a long time to develop, and they probably had a month or two to do this well, yeah yeah and it's being developed by the guys who are making uh shadow warrior 3 so i'm sure probably yeah. most of their <laughs> attention was on shadow it was warrior probably like a, a skeleton crew of a few people at the yeah. most working on this uh and even it's I, I bet what saved them time is it's probably running in shadow warriors engine mm-hmm. uh which would definitely save time and i'm sure shadow warriors engine is pretty good considering the last two I would say that was the highlight when they showed off Shadow Warrior 3 at the very beginning. That looked super, super cool. Looked very fun. Uh, and we do have we have a bit I mean, more information about Shadow Warrior 3. So it's Shadow not, Warrior has always been fun. It's not going to be... So 2 was kind of this weird Borderlands-esque looter shooter with random levels. So it was a, it was a lot of like ARPG ideas put into a shooter. So basically not what Shadow Warrior is. In, um, it still had like a story and a, in a linear story, it just had well, well, a bunch of like grindy stuff on the side. Well, right, but like Shadow Warrior, if you're either if you're going back to the, I think it's '90s shooter, and then yeah. even the their reboot, it's very much like it was it was linear levels, story like Doom esque type stuff. Yeah, it, it feel it feels like I haven't played them, but conceptually, the, it feels it seems like a really uh, strange departure. The thing with Shadow Warrior Two is when I played it, it felt like most of that stuff was kind of just optional. Yeah. Like you honestly could just play it like Doom and just like rip and tear and have a great time. The only thing I but definitely noticed like is little... that the levels are randomly generated and some of those don't yeah. work as well in the story. Sometimes it doesn't really work. Because th- they're just... really big. Like yeah. way bigger than they needed to be a lot of the time. But that yeah. game is really fun. Shadow Warrior 2 is a great game. It is time. super fun. Just because of the movement and combat systems are just so incredibly yeah. fun. It's got some of the best like, first I'm... person melee yeah. in a shooter. It's great. I almost never use my guns. I just completely all the time just and even then, it's got it's a uh, so Doom now has the same like system of uh, that procedural kind of damage to enemies where you'll see like bones and whatnot if you shoot them in certain places. Uh, Shadow Warrior Two was one of the first big like triple A type games to have that system, mm-hmm. or I think the I think Shadow Warrior One had it as well. So the new Shadow Warrior One, uh, so that was really cool. It's got some really great shooting. It, it feels great to play. And I'm excited for three because they said they're going to do a return to the more focused linear experience, which I'm hoping means they, there's a lot more time put into level design, and they they can really shine in 
the shooter designs that Shadow Warrior 2 didn't really take advantage of. Which will be, hopefully be fun. I, we've kind of been, been you know, shitting on Devolver a little bit. One thing I want to give them credit for is I don't think they had a single uh, showing of a game without gameplay. And I yeah. really, really respect that. Because I think most of us are really, really sick of these CGI like trailers that don't show off any gameplay whatsoever. Yeah, a CGI you know? trailer is fine, it just, but it doesn't do anything. Like, I'm never going to buy a game based on a CG trailer. Uh, and I think uh, the best example of CG trailers done right is probably something like World of Warcraft, where people that are playing the game know what they're getting. Because it's a game that exists. Like, you, you can play it right now. And it's a trailer for a new story. So a cinematic trailer works well in that scenario because it's getting you hyped up for the, the story of the next expansion and not really the gameplay or whatever is going on. So they have a different purpose. Could, so you could extend that same logic to um, kind of live service game. So de- so I feel like yeah. destiny would be in a similar situation. Although destiny, where... it's a little stranger because I think a lot of people really want some changes from destiny. Whereas world of Warcraft is like an MMO that very much probably won't get like the gameplay in the MMO is not going to change the gameplay in destiny. Well, is not going to has... change. I mean, MM, I mean, uh, WoW's gameplay has changed, though. It's evolved. It has. It's still the same core thing. Like you're still pressing numbers on a on a keypad to cast spells to do damage. Type sure. deal. It's like, and, and in Destiny, you're always going to be shooting. Sure. Or swinging. Yeah. Or or swinging. Um, because that's not the meta. <laughs> yeah, I w- I would say that it, it relies more on that. Destiny is more gameplay focused than World of Warcraft. Because mm-hmm. I think most of the people playing World of Warcraft enjoy the gameplay, but it's not the primary reason they're playing the game. Whereas with me for Destiny, like if I'm playing Destiny, it's because I enjoy Bungie's gameplay. Sure. Yeah. That, that makes sense. But yeah. It's also uh, CG trailers just don't really show <laughs> anything tangible. The, mm-hmm. the I think the exception recently is uh, the from a few hours ago, we watched Far, Far Cry 6's trailer. Okay. Yeah. That was a really good CG trailer. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm going to give Far Cry a pass for for two reasons. One, it's an Ubisoft Far Cry game, so I think we pretty much understand we, what the game is going to be. That's not a good thing to be saying. No. I, I, I have my problems with Ubisoft because yeah. oh, it's a Ubisoft game. Yeah, we know exactly yeah. what the game is, but regardless, yeah. But here's the thing, too is that the reason I'm also okay with it is that one of the best parts of a Far Cry game is the villain. And that's what this entire trailer was about. And so it gave you it gave you a lot of good insight into who this person is, into who this or, or some insight into this villain character. And I'm totally fine with that because a Far Cry game is is partially defined by that central villain character. Yeah. It in it was it was a great trailer. Uh, definitely yeah. would encourage you to watch it. It definitely builds yeah. that that vibe of Far Cry villainy very well. It has me excited to play Far Cry Six whenever it comes out because we don't really have any dates or anything. There is a, an interesting theory going around that um, the the villain's son—I forget what his name is—he has a scar above his right eye, and a lot of people have noticed that Voss had a similar scar in the same location. That'd be cool. Oh, <laughs> that would be cool if yeah. this was like a a prequel type deal for Far Cry, and they were doing like the the origin story of Voss. I'd be down for that. Uh, that's 
thing with like Ubisoft games that I've always had a problem with, where like whenever they come out with a sequel, it's an entirely different cast of people. And I, I like, I you know, I, I like stories that continue. I mean, that is that is an extremely subjective complaint, though. It is. It is. That, that, that is, I don't think, anything you could ever dock a game for, because, like, Final Fantasy no. has 1,600 games at this point Yeah, that are all about different characters, and it works and I don't think, well. And I don't have, you know, I don't feel that way for every single situation, obviously, but... Yeah, and at the same time, like, I don't, I would not see myself playing Far Cry 3-2. <laughs> like that's, huh. that's not something I don't really have an interest in continuing that story. Uh, Far Cry three minus one. <laughs> three minus one. I'll play three minus one. That's probably going to be six. So. And you know, to, and you know, to be fair, they kind of, they they kind of do with with their DLC. Like I remember, like um, yeah, Far Cry five's uh, what was it? Uh, New Dawn. New Dawn. New Dawn was a, a different game, but it was set after Far Cry five. It, it was sort of like uh, what happened to Lost Legacy Uncharted. Yeah, that's yeah, a good way to comparison. Well, but... I think New Dawn introduced a lot of gameplay ideas that people were maybe not super into. That I think yes. hopefully they don't fully go that direction. But I, I like think having levels. Because I think because we're talking about Ubisoft, I think overall I liked their their show. I just felt like the pacing was ruined by you know, having developers talk about the games that they just showed off and not really talking about anything that we didn't already see. So it was yeah. very redundant. We we did say there was, there was a lot of talking in the Ubisoft conference, and mm -hmm. something that the Sony conference did really well is that there was almost no talking, which is always my preference when it comes to a games showcase type thing. And and to be clear, I'm fine with talking if they talk about something that wasn't already shown off, but yeah. if it's literally just a developer coming out and talking about what we just saw. With like nothing, yeah. with no new information, it's it feels like a waste of time. It's what ruined the uh, the PC game show a few years back or last year because the PC just, gaming show they... is always super long and just a lot of talking. Yeah, yeah. So I I think the Ubisoft didn't nail nail it the same way Sony did, uh, but they didn't they didn't bomb it. Obviously, it was a good press conference. We we saw a lot of gameplay. Uh, mm -hmm. Legion looks looks great. Uh, yep. Valhalla looks like Assassin's Creed, but it looks fun. Like it looks like a good game. So yep. hopefully we'll get more on these games as we're going forward. And a lot of these are closer to release than we thought they would be. Uh, Legion is releasing yeah. in October. Uh, when's Ghost of Tsushima com Tsushima coming out in uh, a Friday. couple days? <laughs> oh, Comes out on Friday. Oh, oh Friday? Friday? Yeah. yeah. Oh baby, we're buying the Ghosts of Tsushima. <laughs> yeah, we're, I, I'm, oh, shit. I'm definitely gonna be doing a few streams. Is it is it only PlayStation exclusive, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, that doesn't matter to me because I got a PlayStation Four, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, Ghost of Tsushima reviews drop on Tuesday, I think. So, we'll we'll know ahead of time if it's a good game, which has me has high hopes. I'm excited for that game. Really hope it's good. Looks like it looks like weeaboo. Uh, Assassin's Creed, and I've that was been waiting for we that didn't talk a lot the about with the Sony conference. They didn't show Tsushima or Last of Us Part Two at the PS5 conference, which makes sense. Well, I think after the conference, so close. Yeah, because Last of Us Part Two was releasing, I think either immediately before, no, immediately after, like a few, like a week or two after. So it wasn't. And they uh, already they had a big show for Tsushima, which you know. It's yeah, Tsushima they did had most of their little thing. They didn't have much more marketing to do. Like they could just show more gameplay, but like, 
Yeah, at this point, I want to play the game myself. Like, they've sold me yeah. on it. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's not a PS5 thing, either. It's a, it's a PS4 thing. Yeah. So they probably didn't want it in their show. Although, I, wouldn't, I would not be surprised if we got PS5 versions of these games. I wouldn't be surprised, um, either. Although, I will say, one thing that I'm disappointed they didn't highlight in that PS5 conference is that the PS5 is backwards compatible with PS4 games. Yeah. There was no oh. mention of that. <laughs> I, You know, what I will say, too, is it's getting very annoying that neither... Uh, Microsoft or Sony are announcing prices, probably because yeah. they want one person to announce it and then undercut them. And it's very that's a hundred percent what's happening. And the thing is, like, if we hit September and I don't have prices for these things, I'm not gonna buy them because I need time to save money to buy them. Like, it's yeah, it's a situation of, of people are not gonna buy these if we don't have prices. And I'm also concerned about like these things are coming out holiday, which means there's gonna be a yes, lot of them do. reserved for Christmas sales. But if they're releasing in November. It might come to they sell out because production is affected clearly by COVID. So, so there's less one day supply. One. I got money everywhere, man. It's so just what concerns me is that we, they, these consoles might be uh, way above the prices we're thinking. Because I think a lot of estimates are putting them at like five hundred to six hundred. Which six hundred is pricey. That's a pricey console. I've been hearing yeah. like lower than I expected though. But these are all rumors. Like no one really knows what the prices yeah, are because we have no clue. Um, People just saying things. I think I think there was a leak at one point that was like five forty nine or something for one of the two, but I, that was very quickly proven false. So we have legitimately no clue. Uh, oh, speaking of Thanksgiving, who wants to bet there's still going to be you know Black Friday rampage deaths? Oh, a hundred percent. Of course. Have you seen America? Yeah, I have, and that's why I'm so worried. Uh, you can't yeah. just stuff online anymore. Like, uh, yeah, everyone buy your consoles online. It's not worth it. <laughs> it isn't worth going to GameStop if they're even still open after this for a few hours to buy a console and then getting sick and possibly having complications. Due yeah, to but think about disease. it this way: if you're sick, you don't have to go to work. So you can just play video well, games. Well, that's not a problem. Well, don't have a job because there's no work. work. <laughs> okay, well, maybe you are, okay? <laughs> but now you don't have any obligations elsewhere. You can just say, oh, I can't do my laundry. I'm sick. Imagine oh, I can't how... feed the dog. I'm sick. You know? Uh, that's imagine, why you're playing the <laughs> Imagine how desperate one has to be in order for them to intentionally get COVID-19 just so they don't have to go to work. That um, is a power that. move right there. That's a very powerful maneuver. Destroy your lungs and have asthma for for life, so you don't have to show oh, up to work for a couple. Of I days. don't know about that one. Also, I, uh, I had the Roni. Miss Rona. Uh, COVID is proven that it can cause brain damage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's getting worse. Cases, but uh, all I'm saying is your boys, your boys back in town. Yeah, but you, you see, you are a young, a generally young healthy. Generally, boy. So, generally healthy. No, that's correct. I'm generally healthy. Yeah, you see, there's no specifics there, but generally healthy. So, like, the, the odds of something happening to you are really low, but at the same time, like, it's it puts in, it into perspective when yeah, yeah. opening schools this coming uh, month essentially means that you're getting into the situation of... Uh, even if it's only 1% of people getting the illness and having complications, that means that a couple dozen thousand people 
couple dozen thousand, baby. Yeah, like it, I think <laughs> yeah. the estimate was like 05 percent is seventeen thousand or something. So, yeah. even if percent <laughs> of a country's population is a huge it's number, a huge number. It's it, it seems anyway, small because it's percentages, okay. but it's a huge number. We're not talking about the Rona here, baby. We're yeah, we don't about, need to talk about that. Everyone knows about games. the Rona at this point. Everyone wants to forget about the Rona. <laughs> talking about video games. Did we have we talked about uh, EA's show no, at all? I don't want to. I mean, it really. No, they, 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 they it wasn't that me, not- take, notable. They said money, 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 money. Probably, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. Other than other than squadrons, I'm trying to remember what they announced. There was squadrons. There was we got a skate announcement, but we really don't know what skate oh, it is. Right. Um, oh, Lost in Random, which was like that that dice game, that die game where you have like a little pet die. Or that one. Hmm. Yeah, that one did look well, really good, um, but we don't really know anything about it. Yeah. Um, it's not. Yeah. yeah. That, that like, conference didn't really stand out very much. We got some Sims talk. Nothing was announced. It was just people saying The Sims is a game that a exists. game for everyone. Uh, yeah, people already know that. Largarga, which Mulligan. I mean, uh, yeah, so, the so, whole thing was basically just squadrons, which we did get a pretty good look at. Yeah, which fun. looks really cool, mm-hmm. but it's not a, a showstopper. Like That isn't a game that is the only focus of your show. And it kind of was for EA. Yeah. They they really didn't have anything impressive to show with other stuff. Like this, we know they're working on another Star Wars project as well. Uh, there was a code name for it somewhere, um, but there is there's another Star Wars project in existence. We don't uh, know what it there, is. There was a lot of like mysterious in progress stuff. So what we thought was like Dragon Age Four. That there some, was like, a Dragon Age. We did stuff. see Dragon Age Four. They just did not tell us it was Dragon Age Four. Yeah, there was. It was, it was confirmed all like, after the it was all frostbite. Age it was all frostbite related stuff. So yeah. we saw some like Dragon Age Four. We think there was some like whatever Battlefield Dice is working on next. Some like weird prototype footage of that or whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, and it's nothing terribly unique. Basically, it's the same thing as EA's EA Play every year at E3, which is to say, it's not great. <laughs> they they haven't really had an impressive showing for a while. That's not really a huge surprise because EA is generally everyone knows what EA's got going on. There's nothing huge to say there. Uh, we we covered Devolver. Devolver was they showed a lot of stuff they showed last year, mm-hmm. uh, and all of it looks cool. It's just not amazing. Like no, nothing there is is super standout. Now that we've seen it already, Carry On looks really fun. We saw. Uh, we got it. The weird thing that Devolver did, we got an announcement from a team working on a game that's hiring, but no announcement of a game or anything. That was <laughs> that, that was, was weird. weird. That was weird. It was a very strange announcement well, type it was, deal. It was part of this joke of like, we have nothing to show off, so we'll just show off like whatever. But like, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a joke though, because the team was saying that yeah. they're hiring people, so it's like. I think. Yeah, well, they tried to mask it as a joke, and it just didn't work. <laughs> it was super weird. It, it was kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I will say that team has some really impressive people behind it that they just didn't really tell anyone about. So there, there's, like, veteran devs there from Total War, from a bunch of other, uh, I think from a few of EA's franchises. It's a veteran studio of new... It's a new studio made up of veterans 
from a lot of franchises. And the the idea is that it's some game that's probably going to involve mass combat because it's a lot of Total War people. So that it's cool if that's what we're getting, but we really don't know. I, I do love their name, Beans. It's, yeah, it's, it's just Beans. beans. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. It was cute. Uh, yeah, we did not get any real announcements out of that. Uh, we saw something called... So this is a weird thing. We saw a game called Klyja or Olija. Klyja? Let me look this up. Uh, oh. Something along that that then said it was out now. And oh, right. The weird thing with this game is that it is not out now. Uh, <laughs> there's a demo out now. But they didn't say it was a demo. So a lot of people were confused and thought this game was like purchasable now. It's not. You can play a demo. Uh, it's called Elijah. It is an O, not a C. But yeah, it, it's a neat looking little indie game. Uh, but we really have no clue what it's about. Aside from like a dude with a spear. Uh, it's apparently a harpoon, not a spear. Um, who would know? Yeah. Uh, you are supposed to. As the gamer, well, I I just read the Steam page. It looks oh. interesting. It's just like they. It's weird that they announced it to be coming out now, and it wasn't. Maybe that, it that's was, a weird misstep. Like, and I oop. And we actually there was another situation like this. So there was a uh, another games show a little while ago. It wasn't the New Game Plus Expo. It was something. Uh, it it was something a little while ago that they they showed a bunch of indie stuff. It was like the indie direct or something. I think it might have actually been called the Indie Direct. There was a game called Gloomwood, I believe, which is a, a like spiritual successor to the old Thief games. And what Ooh, happened that was really weird, and this game looks really good. Like it, it's made by the people that made Dusk, so they make a lot of like uh, the, the graphics are very themed after like PS One era, but with higher res. And it looks really good. It looks like a very solid Thief style game with great gameplay. But they forgot to show the trailer in the uh, <laughs> in the press conference. So then they made an announcement that they were going to show the trailer after the credits. And then they just showed this trailer for this random game after the credits. And like, even though it looks really good, it's not... It, they, they essentially got cheated out of their actual game showcase because of this. It's a shame. It, it's like a, a really weird thing that happened I, I do love how the release date is soon trademarked on the <laughs> yeah. steam page <laughs> i mean new blood is cool they made they've made a lot of really good games so i definitely recommend checking out gloomwood if a thief style game sounds up your alley well is it is it stealth though because they're giving you a bunch of you know weapons it, it's thief style so it's a, it's a it themed after you can do stealth but you can also kind of treat it as like an assassin game Okay. Yeah, it's it's not quite hundred percent stealth. I compare it to Deus Ex probably is the the newest comparison. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's a cool game that it's sad that they didn't get their spotlight because of a weird mix up with that showcase. So yeah, that's that's most of the conference news. There's not a whole lot else. We're kind of glazing over a few of them, but it's usually because either nothing huge was announced. Night City Wire. Uh, the one thing with Night City Wire I did want to mention 
we learned that a bunch of YouTubers and streamers are going to have side quests in Cyberpunk. Nice. Uh, Jesse Cox, he shows up, he has no pants. You gotta <laughs> help him or not help him, I guess. Uh, Co-Carnage is in there somewhere. We don't know anything about him, but a, a handful of YouTubers and streamers are in Cyberpunk. Uh, there was also a ton of people who did, you know, get their hands on it. And yeah. They all, seemed, they all seemed pleased. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cyberpunk is, is shaping up to be a, if not a, a, a like masterpiece, a, at least a good game. At so. least a good game. <laughs> and you know what? As you would hope, coming from... Uh... From CD Projekt. In like yeah. eight, ten years of development time, something along right. those lines. It would certainly be a shame if it wasn't. And then we also there was one other bit of controversy with Cyberpunk. We learned that wall running was removed. Oh, that's oh. right. Which that's right. some people took up in arms, uh, but the reason it was removed is level design because Cyberpunk is like this huge open world, and adding wall running to your game means you need to design yeah. around players having wall running, or else they're gonna feel like it's useless. Mm -hmm. And it, that was apparently proving to be too much of a challenge, which is, I think, completely understandable when they're doing an open-world game. Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird to get really upset over that a one small feature being removed in this game that has so much else going on. And oh, I, I, like, I have faith that it's being removed for a reason. What was yeah. that, Alex? Oh, there were several features that were removed during the course of devel development. There were some that you know, uh, they, they talked about more often than not, even though they only made constant yeah. stage. There, was, there were things that were completely in the game, and then they took out for, for either time or compatibility reasons. It's, it's a whole bunch of stuff. And, and here's the other thing, too, is that you can, you know, you can get upset about something like that all you want, but it's a very different attitude from a lot of AAA games where they'll show off features, then they won't be in the final game for whatever reason, and they just won't say anything. Yeah, you know, like they, they least... told us that wall running is not there because of design reasons. Yeah, they're being upfront about it. They're telling us so we... So and they're we telling know. us why as well, which I, I really yeah. like, is that it's not just it wasn't removed because they couldn't do it. It's removed because like it's not meshing well with the design of the game. Yeah, it, there's nothing wrong with removing something if it's not working. It becomes a problem when you you know don't make that clear. Yeah, so I think it would be a lot worse if we got Cyberpunk in our hands, we unlocked wall running, and then it was disappointing. Yeah. Like, that would be so much worse to me than it just not being there. Is it being bad or not fun to use? Right. I can imagine being it being used in one side or one story mission and then not yeah. dealt with again. Because in an RPG like this, you have to design around every ability the players will ever have access to because of the way they can do things generally, yeah. which becomes a huge issue when you're doing open worlds because then it, it ups the development time for everything by a ton so yeah it's probably a good thing i mean not probably not probably it's it's a it's definitely a good thing that it was removed because it wouldn't have been good and cyberpunk is, has plenty of other things to do like even if you're not wall running you have a, a, a bevy of vehicles you can ride you can like do a bunch of hacking stuff you have drones you, you can, can fly around you can do the whole brain dance thing they showed off there's so much you can do oh, wall yeah. running should not be if you want to wall run go play mirror's edge <laughs> i am Here's or dying light. Being a cyber detective. Here's the here's the thing though. It doesn't have um, super you know awesome physics based rock stacking like uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla does. So uh, I, yeah. really I can't I can't use magnetism to fly like I can in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> well, now I don't even want the game. I'm like why yeah, would you I, say now that? Excitement zero percent. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't hell? include 
the ability you know, to jump all that hype i had places. when my man keanu reeves came out on the stage and his name is actually a drink that i can literally make because they <laughs> made that video on how to drink about it and i really want to make it because it looks delicious same here i've seen i've seen yeah. uh, like binging with babish did it how to drink did it outside xbox it's called the johnny silverhand if anyone's wondering it's the called johnny it's johnny yeah, silverhand yeah. We, it looks we, really we're good. dancing around and saying the name of the drink we'll go or the, the character anyway yeah keanu reeves is in there i think we, we can kind of end on keanu reeves because that, that's yeah. unless it's something i'm glaringly yeah. missing from these conferences there was the new game expo which is a bunch of japanese games it's fine. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of JRPGs. A bunch of them looked cool. really weird. A couple of them looked interesting. Most of them were just okay. Probably never <laughs> gonna get played. <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of JRPGs are just okay. Well, it wasn't just JRPGs. It was a lot of like weird Japanese games. It was like a, a thing about a cafe with monster boys that you could date. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's just a lot of stuff like that. Um, that is Japanese game. Very specific <laughs> in its audience. Yeah, that's like and Japanese. Media. The highlight of that was definitely Ease Not Ease Nine. Are they at nine at this point? Probably. I don't know. I don't know much about the Ease series to be honest. Uh, but I hear they're good, and it looked pretty good. So there's a JRPG waiting soon if you're a fan of JRPGs. Dope. Yeah. So, that's about it. That's that's pretty much it. Shoutouts today. Yeah, we do shoutouts every every I podcast. Got a shout out. What's your shoutout? X Four. Go X4. play. X Four. It. It's cool. Fun game. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And I see, don't know my, why I didn't know it existed. My shout out uh, is X4, but it's the X4 Star Wars mod. And the yeah. VRO variety rebalance and overhaul, because those mods make the game that's already really fun into really great. It's a good space game, kind of similar to Mountain Blade. Definitely check it out. It's kind of like if Star Citizen and Elite Dangerous were better at balancing their content. <laughs> and like releasing anything ever? <laughs> yeah, like kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like one of those games, but it, except I want to play it. Because it's like a full game. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, I streamed it earlier today and did an economic takeover. It was great. Uh, how about nice. you, Alex? You got a good shout out? Um, yeah, actually, I was able to shout out to my friend who socially no. distantly came over today for the first time in a very long I, time. I so I was able to socialize face to face with someone who uh, wasn't my parents. Wow. That yeah, is I... little things like that. Really me. You've uh you've held out a heck of a lot longer than I have, brother. Good work. Good to you. Good I mean, on you. you had it, so you're mostly okay. Yeah, well, I'm like sure. you don't need to be as careful. You just need to be careful not to give it to other people. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little different. But we're vibing. How about you, Wyatt? You got a you got a good shout out? Uh shout out to Ubisoft Bugs because it was the hilarious thing ever. I there were I several know. points there were several points today where I laughed out loud because of how funny some of the bugs were. Like, I, like I ripped someone's shield out of their hand and hit it with them, and they just flew straight up in the air, and it was <laughs> hilarious. That's good. Was this during a conquest battle? No, because screw conquest battles. Yeah, they're all. Actually, I do want to say uh, there was one thing we did miss about the Ubisoft conference. Something I really liked that they did. They put all their their announcements for old games in the pre-show. The pre-show had a bunch of announcements for games like uh, Ghost Recon and other stuff. Uh, it, it was nice. It was relegated to that. And, uh, the only I, stuff we got in the main thing was Siege. They relegated the mobile games to like after their big opener and all in one spot and yeah. didn't really hype it up that much. That's the way to do it. It only took a few, like a two minutes out of my life instead of <laughs> uh, Doom Eternal shaving years off of my lifespan. In so, instead of, <laughs> yeah. 
that's the that's the show. Cool. That's the show, folks. We 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 talked about a lot of things. Started off with some negativity, but you know we like and to have positive vibes here. We we plowed right through that negativity. Yeah, mm. I mean you could say plowed. You could also say danced around it because none of us have a ton of information about what's going on. We plowed, but we plowed through it. We we powered through it, which means the show's over. So I'm gonna end it now. <laughs>